Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host each and every week. He is Pastor Ken Keltner, Brookside Baptist Church Pastor. What's going on today? I'm glad to be here with you, Mike, and uh, with our guest. That's it? Oh, I'm just, I'm you just know, happy. You're not going to talk any kind of smack. That's good. That's good. We yeah. will. I'll, hey, I'll talk enough smack for both of us. Our special <laughs> guest, Former Major League Baseball pitcher, and he was, man, I'll tell you what, watching some 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 old highlights on him and, and reading a bunch about him doing this show. He is Tim Burke, former Montreal Expo, New York Met, and New York Yankees. You can follow him on Twitter, at TimBurke44. This is what it says about him. Jesus follower, husband, dad, friend, biker, serving the NHL through uh, HMI, formerly was a Major League pitcher, author, owner of Dark Hair. That's awesome. He yeah. is Tim Burke. Tim, how you been? I'm good. Yeah, I'm really good. I'm glad to talk to you guys. Well, we really appreciate it a lot, and uh want to thank Tom Roy, a friend of ours and a friend of this show, for, for setting this up. And, and uh, as we talked uh, a couple minutes before we went to air, there's not too many better guys in, in this world than Tom Roy, so we really appreciate his willingness to, to help us out find guests on, on this show. Uh, you and Tom go way back. Way back, yeah. My uh, my first year in the big leagues was 1985. I was playing for the Expos, and uh, I think June we were going to Philadelphia to play a series, and he had somehow, I know, he had, heard I was a Christian and uh and so I ended up doing a camp for him with some kids there in Philadelphia and that is where we met and we have been dear dear friends ever since that day well I'll tell you he um he's a guy that again one of the difficult things to do in a show like this and and uh we believe Pastor Ken and I believe we're the only secular sports station in the country that does a show like this and sometimes, Tim, the most difficult thing is to find guys that'll come on the show, that'll give us the amount of time that we need um, to get up on the mountaintop with us. We play around a little bit, we goof around a little bit, but the you know to to come on and give your testimony and talk about how your faith has affected your life professionally and personally. And and there are times that I lean on Tom Roy a lot and say, Tom, I'm really struggling here. Do you have any ideas for me? And and he'll say, yeah. Let let me send you, you know, four or five guys, and and why don't you reach out, let them know that I told you to call. And it seems to me, and Pastor, I think you'll agree that over the years we've probably had more baseball players 
former baseball players because of our contact with Tom Roy than any other sport. I would agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah, and the work that Tom, now he's retired, but he's coaching baseball at uh, Grace uh, Christian in Indiana, but he's retired um, from doing missionary work and the stuff that, that, that he had done for years, but he's still a guy that I reach out to a lot. Hey, Tim, can we talk a little bit about your upbringing and, and where you were raised and where you went to high school, college, stuff like that? Yeah, I was born and raised in Omaha. I'm a Nebraska kid. I'm a Cornhusker. And then I went, after high school, I went to play baseball at, at University of Nebraska for three years. And then uh, I uh, signed after my junior year. But, yeah, I just had a kind of a normal Midwestern upbringing, playing sports, and um, really just uh, – kind of normal guy i did go to church every week but it didn't mean anything to me i had no you know it, did, it was just a ritual so it was just something you did and so it didn't really mean anything to me and then i went down to college in nebraska and i and i was found out i was a really pretty good baseball player and i wasn't quite sure but i was good enough to play college ball and i thought that was awesome and so the whole college life got a hold of me i loved the, the whole college scene and i enjoyed it to the hilt you know and uh so um that's kind of a brief overview of the young me hey you know we've had a number of guys from nebraska on the show, oh, and cool. and yeah, it's it really it, it's kind of like uh, when you talk about teams or, or colleges, the Pittsburgh Steelers. We've had a number of guys on, and Nebraska, and mo- we had a, a wide receiver uh, from Nebraska who said, "Look, I grew up, you know, twenty minutes from 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 that college, and all I ever dreamt about was playing football for Tom Osborne." And, oh, absolutely. And I'm wondering, yeah. you know, for you, uh, with baseball being your sport, were you a multi-sport athlete? Uh, baseball and basketball. My mom wouldn't let me play football. And she had, and so she got cancer when I was nine. And so when, you know, when your mom that has cancer doesn't want you to play football, you kind of have to, you know, go along with her, you yeah. know. And then, uh, but, but it, she... It slowly ripped through her, and she died when I was 16. But uh, So that kept me from football. But, yeah, I was a baseball, basketball guy and an absolutely uh, huge, fanatical Nebraska Cornhusker football fan. <laughs> yeah, so me. even though I played baseball, it was awesome that I got to go down there to go to school and uh, to play baseball for my state school. Yeah, um, Tim, um, Mike, I think, shared with you before the broadcast, you know, that I was from Oklahoma. So I, I didn't know if you were trying to make a big point because uh, you keep referring, you know, you keep talking about the Nebraska Cornhuskers. I guess I just have to ask you this question. When, when you were in the Big 8 or the Big 12 and you played Oklahoma in baseball, how did you guys fare? Um, you know, we when I first got to Nebraska, that was when our program turned around. It wasn't because of me; it was because of the new coach we got. And so he, we hung in there really well. We were neck and neck with Oklahoma through uh, in the baseball years. But growing up, my whole life was my dad and I 
Mostly in Nebraska fans, everybody else in our family tree were Oklahoma Sooner fans, so I had my heart broken many a time on the football field by the Sooners, and so I have a deep... Um, dislike? Uh, I'll say it. I have a deep hatred. No, no, it's not a dislike. It's hatred. It's hatred. Man, that's that. now, that, now that we're in different we're in different conferences, so I really don't have that hatred anymore. But yeah, it was it was deep. Well, I'm I'm glad because if uh, Mike talks to you about you coming up here and we going out on the baseball field, and he puts me in the batter's box, then if you don't have a <laughs> hatred anymore uh, for OU, then I I guess I won't get plunked and hit by a hey, throw a hey, throw it inside oh, on him. That. I still I still have a deep love for drilling guys. <laughs> <laughs> Putting one in your ribs. Yeah. You know what? And, and, and look, I can tell you, go away, go away a couple of times, and then come flying. He's going to lean into one and come flying inside on him. If it's okay, I'll just stand behind the batter's box and tape that thing because I'll show it to yeah, the entire church. And uh, yeah, that would be awfully fun for me. Yeah, I that bet would, you would be, love that. Our, I think both of you would love it. Our special guest is Tim Burke, again, former Major League Baseball pitcher. He's also an author. We're going to talk about that book uh but he, he pitched for montreal the new york mets and the new york yankees tim it, it seems to me and i asked around people ask me all the time who, who's your guest this week on faith in the zone and here at the radio station i said tim a guy named tim burke and i had three people i immediately identify you as a montreal expo do you, do you think that that people um as the years go by that the expo is is who people most identify you with Oh, yeah, for sure. I was just up there actually two weeks ago. They had a bit of a reunion for a number of us uh, expos that played there a while. And so, you know, I was there for seven years, and I was um, successful in my years up there. You bet. I, but this is kind of how I, God has ways of humbling me. He, I'm in the, I am in the Montreal Expos Hall of Fame. And it doesn't even exist anymore. So, like, you know, that that that's kind of weird. But um, yeah, I I um, had some really good years and loved my time in Montreal. Hey Tim, this is at a whole different level. I understand that, but I, I, the Lord does humble you. I, I a couple of years ago, I had a chance. I was put in the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Hall of Fame, and they put a plaque up at Lambeau Field for a year. And my wife and I happened to be up there for our anniversary, and and Terry said, "Hey, let's go to Lambeau Field and see that plaque." And I, I thought, "Nah, it's." No, it's okay. And she said, no, let's go do it. Well, it was a lot cooler than I thought. And we walk in, and, and there's nothing going on uh, that day at Lambeau Field, but they open it up, and you can go into the, the pro shop and buy some gear and, and go into the, the, the lobby. And, and we go over to where these plaques are, and there's my plaque. I know where those plaques are. I know where those they're, plaques they're, are they're, over on the right. It's yeah. That's and it. You're up there. I, I was two years ago, and then they move it over to Camp Randall, where it stays for for forever. But I was there for a year, and we walk in, and there's nobody around them. And I look, and my plaque is right above Vince Lombardi, <laughs> right? And oh, I'm like, this is wow, you this know is. What? I, I was treating this like another interview. I'm <laughs> no, gonna have to give no. Like well, hold on. So, I'm, hey, I'm kind of bro hold on now talk about a humbling so terry and i are there and you know i'm thinking wow this is a lot cooler than i thought and we get a picture and and then a woman and her husband walk up and she goes oh my goodness i go yeah 
That's me. She goes, no, I don't care about that. Aren't you John McGivern's brother? I have a brother that's an actor and a comedian here in the Milwaukee area. And I go, what? She goes, aren't you John McGivern's brother? I go, lady, look, it's me. And I'm right above Vince Lombardi. She goes, I don't even know who that is. Is he funny all the time? Well, I'm telling you, boys, I laughed all the way to Oshkosh. I laughed for a half an hour because I thought, Lord, just that one moment where I think, man, look at me. I'm somebody. I, I'm right above Vince Lombardi. Along comes a woman to go, I don't even care who that is. Is your brother funny all the time? <laughs> and I just thought, man, that is awesome. Hey, our special hey, guest. I'm giving you props. I'm giving you props for being up on that wall for a year, though. Man, thank you. I really appreciate that. And uh, it was uh, it was fun until she said, I don't even know who Vince Lombardi is. And I'm like, what are you doing at Lambeau Field? Her husband said, you know what, Mike? I think that's really cool that you're there. I said, come here. Give me a hug. You, you, I like our special guest today. He's Tim Burke. Hey, before we get to a break, Tim, and we're going to talk a little bit throughout the show, you wrote a book called Major League Dad, and the the book is is still available on Amazon. Uh, what year did you write that book? That was 94. 1994, and let me tell people a little bit about it. Here's the story of an all-star pitcher who's Tim Burke. His decision to leave baseball, and we're going to talk about that decision throughout the show, his uh, devotion to the four children that he and his wife um, adopted who might otherwise not have, have found homes. Um, you and Christine adopted four, four kids, correct? Uh, we ended up uh, adopting five. Five. Wow, good for mm-hmm. you. And and you stepped away from, I mean, it, it, you were still doing awfully well uh, pitching, and you stepped away from Major League Baseball to be a father. Yeah, it was weird. I went to spring training in 93, like I had for all the other 13 years. And so, um, but something was different in baseball. I mean, I mean, I had the deep, passionate drive to play baseball like all the guys do. But then I, when I got there and something was different and I knew, I realized after a few days that God had just changed my heart. I mean, I can change my mind, but only God can change my heart like that. And I just had a deep desire to need a need to step away from baseball. And we were waiting on our fourth child then, and and we had some severe special needs with a couple of them. One had uh, we had adopted Nicole. She was our third child, and she had developed brain damage in her open heart surgery that we had for her after we got her. And so she was, it was, it was pretty, there was just a lot of needs at home and God just really changed my heart to walk away from baseball. It was very weird. Hey guys, we're, we're going to get to a break past before we get to a break on, on Twitter recently, recently. And again, the book is on amazon.com. It was written in, in uh, 1994 is still relevant today, and, and a guy tweeted out, I just read the book Major League Dad by uh, at Tim Burke, uh, number 44, phenomenal testimony of God using Tim and Christine as they turned to him first, but are far from perfect um, themselves. Convicted, convicted read, as my wife and I prepare our hearts for our adopted son. And so this, this book is, is still, again, on Amazon and has made a big difference in people's lives. I, I read a bunch of people that have read, written over the years 
about the experience of, of, of reading this book and, and what it meant to them personally. So I would recommend, if, if this is something, as we speak on, on Faith in the Zone with Tim Burke, that, that you find an interest and would like to pick that book up, you can go to Amazon.com and pick that up. Guys, we'll get to a break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone. Discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest, former Major League Baseball pitcher and author, he is Tim Burke. He pitched for the Montreal Expos, New York Mets, and the New York Yankees. Wrote a book in 1994, very relevant still today. Name of the book is Major League Dad, and you can go to Amazon.com to pick that book up. Hey, Tim, one thing that we like to do with Faith in the Zone is just find out uh, how your journey of faith with uh, Christ began. And so love to hear your testimony, how you came to the Lord. Oh, yeah, it was um, <clears throat> really it was in it was in 1982 uh, in Buffalo and I was double-A ball for the Pirates. And so baseball was my God. That that is what I cared about. And. Christine and I had just gotten married, and so um, playing in Buffalo was a little chilly in April, Mm -hmm. and uh, our team was terrible. We had the worst team in minor league baseball that year. I was the worst pitcher on the worst team, and so baseball was terrible. My marriage started off terrible because baseball is was my god and it was going bad so I wasn't really handling that well I, I was, had a drinking problem so with the bad marriage bad drinking bad pitching that's kind of <laughs> I had actually two teammates two teammates just you know came up to me and said hey man um you would you and your wife be willing to come to our bible study and I just thought oh man, that's the last thing I want to do is go to a Bible study. <laughs> but life was going so bad that it was like, well, geez, I don't know. Christine was getting ready to go home and just end the marriage. She knew it was really bad. So I went home, I told her, I said, hey, you know, they invited us to a Bible study. And she goes, well, it ain't going to make things any worse. I'll, I'll stick around. I'll I'll go next week home. Uh, yeah, we can go. And so we went. And then that was like for the first time <clears throat> going to that thing, I remember walking out of there thinking like, oh, my gosh, they just like ex- just really spelled out what a Christian was. And it was like, you know, I said baseball is my God. Well, you know, a Christian, I mean, look at the name, Christ, mm-hmm. Christian. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, it's basically Jesus giving you a <laughs> over your life and your problems and trusting in Jesus, him being number one, well, you know, he was in my top 10, but, you know, and so I walked out of there and Christine and I walked out of there and I thought, oh my gosh, you know what? I, 
I thought we were decent people, but that was kind of about it. And I thought, we're not Christians. And I remember saying, man, you know, if we get hit by a bus right now, we're not going to heaven. And that kind of just kind of struck me and Christine, too. So we kind of she kept giving me one week extensions on our marriage. And so we'd go to the next Bible study. And then we go and then finally, August 25th, man, Christine and I, we just couldn't continue running our own lives ourselves any longer. It was like, no, we've made a mess of our life. Jesus has a fantastic track record, and he hasn't made a mistake in the history of ever, so I'm going to kind of guess he won't make his first one on me. So we both just just prayed right there and just said, Jesus, take over. We're yours, and whatever that means, we're yours. And that kind of started it. And so... um yeah, that was just it, but it took bad pitching and bad drinking and bad husbandry to bring it about. Well, Tim, uh, what a what an awesome testimony that both you and Christine came to know the Lord at the same time. Uh, oh you, my gosh, you, you don't, so you, thankful for that. You don't hear that very often. In fact, no. in fact, Mark Jackson, when he was with um, the New York Knicks, told us that he wanted to date this girl he'd seen on some TV talk show. And when he finally got the opportunity to meet her and all, he took her to dinner and he's on the way, but he goes, man, here I am a New York Nick. I got a brand new Jeep Cherokee. I'm on top of the world. I'm all that. And he said, I looked at her and I said, Hey, I want to take you out again. She goes, no, I don't think so anymore. He goes, why not? She goes, well, you're not a Christian. He goes, well, what's a Christian? And huh. so she, you know, he was religious at the time. Well, he went to St. John's. Yeah, he, he went to a, a, a oh, Catholic, right. yeah. went to a Catholic great uh, high school, great school, Catholic great. Yeah. yeah. And she said, "Are you are you saved? Yeah, are you saved?" And he goes, "What does that mean?" Yeah. And they sat in that right. jeep for about three hours. Yeah, and he and he came to Christ then, and uh, but then listening to you, Tim, talk about man, my wife and I are going to this Bible study, and at the same time we realize, hey, we need Jesus. And you yeah. put your faith and trust. I, I, I mean, that is a great, um, <laughs> a great. I don't, man. I am not, in all my years. I don't know if I've ever heard of a mm. at the same time a husband and wife coming to Christ. That is just an incredible testimony. And um, what a, what a journey! Well, to start. I think it saved us a lot of headaches being able to come to them together. Oh yes, sure. absolutely. Hey Tim, tell, can you talk a little bit about the change in, in your marriage? You know, immediately following that, and maybe the, for the next couple of years after that, it it had to be from you know where where you said it was, where it, it might be over, to to just an incredible union. Yeah, I think we 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 really kind of got a good grasp at that time of like, oh my gosh, you know what? I am so selfish and sinful and thinking only about me and Christine is thinking the same thing. And then we, you know, we realized that Jesus died on the cross for us and this being Easter season is rather important. So it was like, Oh my gosh, this is, he died for us. And I, I just think more of myself than I do of him. And so it really helped me to, think more about Christine and it helped her think 
context of serving each other because of we had it pretty well explained, especially the church we got into in Omaha when we first went back to there for the off season of just being, you know, Jesus was a servant and not just a savior, but a servant. And he served us and washed their feet that, that, that night before he gets arrested. And, and it's like, man, I want that. And he, when he comes into our lives, he comes into our hearts and our souls and, and, it enables us to be more serving. So we started to have a bit of a serve, a bit. It took a long, you know, and I'm still growing, but uh, that's that was the biggest thing, I think, was like, oh, man, it kind of got our eyes off of ourselves more and just seeing the big picture of, wow, God put Christine in my life, and I want to serve her. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a uh, a, a good follower of Jesus, and that involves serving and loving. And he helped me be a better server and lover. Tim, you know, you mentioned, too, the, the Easter weekend that we, we find ourselves in right now and and the, how Jesus yeah. died on that cross. And, you know, if he stayed in the tomb, we might as well go home. We're playing church. Um, on our Good Friday service, I think we're, we're ending it with uh, an ensemble group singing, It's Friday, but Sunday's a coming. And, uh, you know, that's the, you know, Jesus conquering sin and conquering death, uh, that we might live eternally one day with him. And, and I loved it. You know, his last phrase on that cross was it is finished. And, and I, yeah. you know, it says he cried with a loud voice. It is finished. And it wasn't almost finished. Now it's up to us. He said, it's finished. I paid for it completely. And, uh, God, yeah. ne- God never lowered his standard of perfection. Jesus met his standard of perfection, and then he put himself on that cross, and he died for us. And and uh, I just appreciate you bringing that out, especially at this time of the year, that the, the the power of the cross, what he did on that cross for us, and then that he rose that third day. And, and, and to think of it, that he's preparing a place in heaven for, for us, and he offers it to us as a free gift is just uh, mind-boggling. And, and every morning I wake up, Tim, I'm sure you do too, you just thank the Lord that he brought those guys into your life to come to the Bible study. Oh my God! Where, where are the Where are those yeah. guys now? I don't know. We've lost. I've lost track of those guys, and so I really have no idea. But God, you know, they never made it to the big leagues. They, you know, but God had them there. For I was definitely one of their purposes for being there. And then what? What? What turned around then on the baseball side of it? You know, because you were. Uh, you know, that was weird too. It was. It was. It was. This was really cool, though. I was really. I'm serious. I was the worst pitcher on the team that year, and <laughs> so I was a second round pick. So they they were investing some time in me, but they traded me after that year to the Yankees, and so I go to the Yankees and I go to Nashville to Double A. And I lose my first four games. I'm 0-4, and I didn't get out of the first inning that last game to where I went 0-4. And I told Chris, I came home, told Christine, I said, you know what, I, and players know this, so you kind of get a feeling of, you know when you're kind of going to get released and you kind of have an idea. And I said, I think I'm going to get released tomorrow. I, I think... 
this might be it for baseball. And Christine was so cool. She said, God just used this as a lifelong lesson. She said, you know, we gave our lives to Jesus last year. Why don't we just specifically give him your baseball career and let's just see what happens, but just really put it in his hands. And I thought, wow, that's a really good specific idea. And so we did. We prayed. We said, Lord, you know we're yours, but we just specifically give you this baseball career. Whatever you want, you will be done, and I'm, I'll am i be good with it. And, it. and that was it. And I went to the yard the next day, and I didn't get released. And so I pitched again four days later, and I end up the season 13-4. and four. I never lost a game after that. And that is not the lesson to be learned is not just give it over to God and he'll make everything great. He yeah. was that was a specific lesson we've used the rest of our lives in that God wants us to be specific in giving him whatever it is, individual things and I and I that was just God made that so clear to us in such a sweet way that um that is carried through. Well, that's awesome. It's a great testimony. He's Tim Burke. Guys, we've got to get to a break. Tim Burke, former Major League Baseball pitcher, Montreal Expos, New York Mets, and the New York Yankees. On Twitter, you can follow him at Tim Burke, and then the number 44, Tim Burke 44. Also an an author, Major League Dad is the name of the book, and we're going to talk a little bit about that on the other side of the break. Before we go on, some of the research I did, this just jumped out, an article that I read, and this is right after Tim walked away from from baseball, and in the article it says, so with a firm will and shaking knees, Burke surprised the baseball world February 27th by retiring at 34 so that he could spend more time with his wife and at that point four adopted physically handicapped children. He did not hear, hold any kind of tearful news conference. He simply quietly walked away from baseball, and I think that that's just unbelievable the way he did it, and understand that you know, this was one of the, the best pitchers in baseball at that point. And back then, you know, he he had a big salary, a big salary that he walked away from. And in this article, both him and his wife had a lot of people saying, are, are you crazy? <laughs> what are you thinking? And um, he the, the quote that the, that I read where he said, look, my when it comes down to it, it's not even close. My place is no longer on the baseball field. It's at home. And he stuck with that. And uh Boy, that's impressive. We'll continue our conversation again with Tim Burke on the other side. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bayview Shade and Blind. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner, Brookside Baptist Church, and our special guest. Not only is he a former former Major League Baseball pitcher, He's a huge Green Bay Packer fan. He is Tim Burke. He pitched for the Expos, the Mets, Yankees. Again, he's an author. Name of the book, Major League Dad. 
still available. He wrote it in 1994 after walking away from baseball, one of the best pitchers and relievers of his time. And he walked away at that point to be a father. And uh, I'll tell you, back then in reading this article, it sent some shockwaves through uh, through baseball. And, and his, uh, his quote was, hey, baseball is going to do just fine without me. You know, it's not going to miss me a beat, but I'm the only father that my children have and I need to go. And uh, I, I, look, I was a big Tim Foley. I was a big Pittsburgh Pirate fan back in the day. Uh, Tim, and I read a quote that Tim Foley talked about. Look, nobody does this, but Tim did it. And uh, Foley was a pretty good friend of yours. Oh, Tom Foley, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tom Foley. Yeah. Tim Foley. Yeah, really good. Yeah, really good. Don't roll your eyes yeah, at me, just, Pastor. You know, it was just, uh, it was just, uh, it was just, you know, it was necessary. The kids, they really had some specific needs, and, and really, it was just God. It was just like God made it clear, however He does it, to to do this, and so it's like, well, yeah, I I think I'd rather go His way than any other way, so it was really, uh, you know, very clear. Hey, Tim, before Mike gets to uh, the question about you, you leaving baseball, and so because you were with the, the Reds when you left, right? Uh, no. Yeah, I was there, and that was when God <laughs> just changed my heart. I walked into Tony Perez's office and just retired, yeah. Yes, yeah. he was. Oh, okay. Hey, but here's my one question for you. So when you got with the Yankees, because I had a buddy who uh, was a pitcher that got in the minor leagues with the Yankees, and George Steinbrenner was watching him. And George Steinbrenner came up and told him, he said, son, I want to tell you, you got a million-dollar arm and a 10-cent brain. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so did did you ever have an opportunity to uh, court, uh, I mean, to uh, connect there with George Steinbrenner and some sort of conversation? Actually, the year I was there was 92. That was the year he was banned from baseball. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, it was a very, like, there were a lot of uh, were people working for the Yankees that were uh, very relieved that year that, you know, George wasn't stocking the hall, so I didn't have to deal with him, no. Uh-uh. Hey, if you um, if you had a chance to pitch one more game, to, to go out there and, 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 and put on one more uniform uh, for the teams that you played in Major League Baseball for, um, what, what uniform would you put on? Oh man, just just for my loyalty to the Expos, I would love. And also, actually, the Montreal Expos, we did have the coolest uniforms in baseball. Yeah, but, those um, were. <laughs> just because of my love for them and the years that I was up there. I mean, and plus, I would love to do it. And because we didn't have walk-up songs, you know, that they have today, and so mine coming out of the bullpen would have been Tom Petty's "I Won't Back Down." I would have loved to have taken the mound to that one time. Man, that's. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you know, we uh, the, the the songs that they play now. I was at the Brewer game the other night. In fact, they um, they the the state championship basketball team that that we had talked about during the break. They they introduced us before the game, and some of our kids got to go on the field. And in fact, the whole team and the coaching staff got to go on the field. And I would say more than half of the kids on this team had never been to a Brewer game. Which is, is mm. was shocking to me, uh, but yeah. they just had a ball, and it was really funny because at, we're standing in front of the Brewer dugout, and it's twenty minutes before game time. But then Christian Yelich came out and took took off running, and Lorenzo Cain came out, 
And one of our players said, hey, Locaine, can you hit a uh, jump shot? And he said, yeah, I can hit a jump shot. And the third base coach said, man, he can't shoot the ball at all. And our little point guard, a 5'10 kid that's quick as a hiccup, he said, hey, you should be happy there's not a basketball court here. Mr. Kane, and he said, hey, hey, little man, have you seen me jump in the outfield? I would own you. I would take you down to the block. Well, they were all laughing as the Brewer personnel are saying, hey, you guys got to get off the field. You got to move. And all of our guys are talking smack to Lorenzo Kane. So they all became Lorenzo Kane fans, you know, really quickly. Again, we were talking to Tim Burke. You can follow him on Twitter at Tim Burke 44 He's a Jesus follower, husband, dad, friend, and a biker. He's an NHL fan. We're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Formerly was a Major League Baseball pitcher, author, and owner of Dark Hair, which made me laugh when I read it. The name of the book is Major League Dad, and you can still get that on Amazon. Hey, um, Tim, your reason and, and feeling led to, to write that book, Major League Dad, where did that come from? Uh, we were good friends with Focus on the Family back then, and they really, uh, really encouraged us to write a book and that they would publish it, and so that's that's where that came about. Boy, that's a t- tough thing for you to do, to, to sit down and write a book? Uh, yeah, it was really hard, uh, really hard, and harder than I thought, and um I was so glad Christine and I wrote it together. We were so glad we did because it really encouraged a lot of people and and adoptions and things, but uh, it was hard. Boy, I bet. Hey, last question before we get to a a quick break. You know, I ask uh, a lot of former athletes this, and and I'm always interested in in, in their response. Was it easier for you um, to walk worthy as a Christian man in the locker room or outside of the locker room? Um, I don't think it really mattered, I guess. Thinking back, um, I'm just trying, and still today, I'm just trying to be me and hopefully him leading me. So I guess it really doesn't matter where I'm at, I think. It's interesting because, you know, a lot of guys will say, hey, look, at, you know, especially in baseball and back then, you know, I think I think baseball chapels have kind of gotten better now as far as more people involved. Back then, a lot of guys that we've had on will say, hey, look, there's two of us or three of us. So it was a little more difficult, you know, inside the locker room. They thought we were a little soft or they thought we were Bible thumpers. And uh, outside the locker room, I'd surround myself with, with fellow believers and it, it was a little easier outside the locker room. Um, rather than inside the locker room. I think baseball is really one of the more difficult sports, I think, and, and you may disagree with me to, to, to walk worthy, Tim, just because you have a lot of downtime and you travel so much and the season is so long. And I would assume the temptation to, to, to not be worthy and not walk worthy is, is in your face all the time. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity, you know, and I'm with hockey guys, NHL guys all the time now, and it's very similar, you know, when you're talking about young guys, kids really, and a lot of money, and a lot of free time, that's a recipe for trouble, and so, yeah, there's there's more opportunities during the season to kind of stray, and um, that's for sure uh, part of it, but I did have some really good good believers around me on my teams. We really helped each other out and hung out a lot, and uh, that was a real source of strength 
Yeah, Tim, I was going to ask that question. Who stands out to you, a couple of guys or three guys that really uh, helped you to continue to grow in your in your walk with the Lord through His Word? Yeah, yeah. One of them was is one of them was Tom Roy, who you guys you know talked about, and mm-hmm. but he was in the ministry side. Teammates, actually, he was. I think he was on your show, Andy McGaffigan. Oh yeah, Andy mm-hmm. was one of them. He we were, we played together like five or six years. We were together a lot. He was a real source of strength, and that that really. He, we were bullpen mates too, so we were together all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, but him, Tom Foley, Mike Fitzgerald, we had a uh, Rex Hudler. There was a number of us that really hung together and got together quite a bit, and it made a huge difference. Hey, you know, Andy McGaffigan comes into Milwaukee for the NML uh, meetings, and I keep telling them that we we need to get to a place that that he can throw some batting practice, and I can take him deep. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's too, hey, he's, yeah, he's too old, and I've seen. Too <laughs> too anyway, so. Yeah, you can take I, him hey, deep. I told, I told him, like I told him I'm gonna pull a Sean Dunstan on him. I don't know if you've ever seen that video where Dunstan from oh, the, the Cubs. Oh, yeah. were you there? And he, uh, he, fl- he kind of ducked over Dunstan and flipped him <laughs> over. I said, "Man, I'm gonna slow down so you can't flip me over." Let's get to a break. Other side of the break, Tim Burke. Again, author, father, husband, dad, friend. He is uh, He's a really good guy. Montreal Expos, the Mets, New York Yankees. We'll continue our conversation with Tim Burke on the other side. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Well, welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner, our special guest Tim Burke. Former Major League Baseball pitcher, not hitter, because <laughs> they didn't pay him to hit. They paid him to pitch. That's no. what he told us. Montreal Expos, New York Mets, and the New York Yankees. And you can follow him on Twitter at TimBurke44. Pastor, uh, first of all, great testimony from Tim Burke. Mm-hmm. You know, second, he had good things to say about Tom Roy and said that I could probably take Andy McGaffigan deep, which, <laughs> man, this might yeah. be the best show of all time. Yeah, you you exactly. know how quick I'm going to call McGaffigan when we get <laughs> yeah. done here. Yeah, exactly. And again, uh, Tim Burke is an author, Major League Dad, and it was written in 1994, but again, still very relevant to people's lives today. And the, the latest uh, tweet that I wrote, and it was just, a, or I read a couple of months ago, just read this book and phenomenal testimony and he said look it's a convicting read as my wife and I prepare our hearts for our adoptive son and so you can go on amazon.com major league dad is the name of that book hey Tim Mike and I love uh, we you know we love the Lord we love uh, faith in the zone and all God's done through the program and we love we love sports we, you know a lot of people love to talk sports yeah. and, and how believers can can uh, uh, have a platform. Tony Dungy talked about the platform when he was on with us that sports creates. But one thing about the the sports aspect of it that we like to talk about as we close the the broadcast today is uh, tell us uh, tell us a highlight, maybe a, a a low you know a a low time actually on the field, something you did or something you didn't do that 
always will stand oh, out I'll to tell you. you. I'll, I'll tell you a highlight. No, that's a no-brainer. Um, <laughs> I made the All-Star team in 89. I talk about it in the book. I made the All-Star team in 89, the games out in Anaheim. But we had already scheduled to go to Guatemala to pick up our, to get our second child, um, Ryan. And so, but I made the All-Star team. I was like, oh, no. And I, Christine insisted that I stay in play, so I pitched two innings in the All-Star game. I was the only National League to pitch two innings. I pitched two innings in the All-Star game, immediately had a ride to the airport right at the end of the game, went to LAX, flew uh, um, red-eye to Guatemala City, and we adopted our son. And ESPN found out about it the day of the game, and they ended up bringing a film crew. They won an Emmy for the documentary they did on our adoption. <laughs> so it really helped out um, a lot with adoptions and things. And so to, but to be in an all-star game and to go to Guatemala to adopt a child, that was kind of a pretty good weekend. I, I would say, who were who some of the notables that you uh, you pitched against in that all-star game? <laughs> against? I pitched against Bo Jackson. Uh, he uh, got a double off of me. It was kind of a cheap double down the right field line, but it was a double. And so, but um, yeah, I got out uh, Mark McGuire and Harold Baines and Cal Ripken. Oh, and I uh, can't remember who else. I had two innings and I gave up two hits, but no runs. So yeah, I, I did well. Hey, when, when you, when you were at your prime, did you, were, were you a guy that, that, that threw it? Into the '90s, were you more of a you know hitting the corners kind of guy? What what kind of pitcher yeah, were you I was back a then? Control pitcher, but I, I threw '89 to '90. But I was a sinker slider pitcher. I had really good movement, and when the sinker was sinking and the slider sliding, I was really really hard to hit. When um, one of them was working, I was still pretty good. But when neither of them were sliding or sinking, I, I was not pretty. <laughs> Man, right in my so, wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you come up <laughs> yeah. to Milwaukee and bring that stuff. In. No, I'm just, you, you, you came hey, to Milwaukee. To, I'll, I'll buy. We'll buy. Yeah. I'll, we'll buy you lunch, and then I'm going to go out and uh, after I, he plunks I, you. <laughs> no, no, I want to watch you try to hit. Man, Tim. I'll go lefty on him. I'm oh, telling yeah, right. you. Yeah. Hey Tim, where are go you? Ahead. Where... I can hit. I can hit a lefty. <laughs> <laughs> and that's. Where are you living now, Tim? Nashville. We just moved to Nashville this last summer after 17 years in Denver. And uh, we loved Denver and we love Nashville. Are you still involved with, uh, are you doing some ministry work with the NHL with the Predators? Yeah, no, well, yeah, I, I, we have a chaplain here that does a great job. I was the Avalanche chaplain the last 16 years, but since we moved here, I just concentrate on players, some of these players, the, uh, the Preds, but I build relationships all over the league with other like Christian uh, hockey players and, and others. I'm really just building relationships with guys around the league and going around and seeing them. Man, that's awesome. Nashville is uh, the, you know, Milwaukee is the, the minor league team to the Predators, and so yeah, the people right. here are always paying attention to how the Predators are doing. Hey, Tim, thank you so much again. Author, uh, former Major League Baseball pitcher with the Expos, the Mets, and the Yankees. Name of the book is Major League Daddy. Wrote it in 1994. Again, I w- it's on. It's still on Amazon. I would highly recommend. Take a look at, at that. And it's, uh, the story is of an all-star pitcher, Tim Burke, and his decision to walk away from baseball to, to be a father. And he walked away from big contract because he said, look, the field is no longer where I need to be. The Lord is, 
asking me to go home. I need to be at home. And uh, he did that. And uh, awfully good book and really good story. Tim, I really appreciate your time. And uh, I'll let Andy McGaffigan know what you think of his fastball nowadays. <laughs> Mike, Tim, love talking to you guys. Great. Yeah, thank you, Tim. We did too. Thank you, Pastor. Thanks for listening. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.